The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. In a second, we're going to be talking to uh, Connor Pope because it is an interesting period economically given the mood music emerging from the ECB and what's happening with deposit rates. And we'll get Connor to explain all of that to us. Beforehand, I just want to say a, a big thank you to the team who uh, made today possible because this is one of those things where I essentially show up and then leave and do very little, more or less like any other week. But a lot of people have to put in a lot of effort. So a big thank you to uh, Derek Rex, to Stephen McLuhan back on sound in Dublin, to Cifra O'Donovan, uh, Jack Lawler, Sean Ryan and Ashley O'Connor on events management and our producer Marisa O'Sullivan, all of whom have been sweating and working and heaving and carrying and building stuff and doing all the rest of it to make the show uh, come from here. So a uh, big gratitude to them. Now, Connor Pope, Consumer Affairs Editor at the Irish Times. Connor, there had been um, not so much an expectation, but a sort of a hope that we might see the ECB start to come back slightly on interest rates. It would appear from what we're hearing with the mood music emerging from the European Central Bank, that seems now fairly unlikely. Yeah, no, I think we can kind of discount that for the moment. Now, I mean, I think it's worth reflecting on what's happened over the last 12, 13, 14 months. And we've seen nine successive interest rate hikes from the European Central Bank. It's it's gone from a, a, a rate of interest of 0.5, minus 0.5% to 4.25%. And that's had an absolutely crippling effect financially on tens of thousands of Irish mortgage holders. So like the focus has always been on the tracker mortgage holders. And a lot of those people will have seen their repayments going from a thousand euros, a thousand and fifty euros, eleven hundred euros for a standard enough mortgage going from that to 1500, 1550, 1600 euros. And then obviously the people who have bigger mortgages on trackers will be paying substantially more than that. But it's not, of course, just the tracker mortgage holders, Anton, who are paying the price for this ECB determination to get inflation down to a magic and mystical number of 2%, which is what it's trying to do. Um, anybody who was on a fixed rate, who, who went on to a fixed rate mortgage two years ago and fixed it for three years, will be coming off that into a much more treacherous climate uh, financially when it comes to their interest rates. People who um, are, are looking to buy a house for the first time now are going to be offered rates that are much, much higher than the rates that would have been on the table two years ago. And to give you an example of that, there was a company called Avant Money and they were offering a 10-year fixed rate two years ago of 1.9%. Now, that's 1.9% fixed for 10 years. Somebody who switched to that then would be locked into that rate now, whereas now the, the, the likelihood of getting a fixed rate of under 3.5 or 4% is quite slim. So you can see the, 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 the impact that's been having. And again, this is all totally beyond our control. We have to kind of sit on our, our hands and watch powerlessly as our, as, our, as our overlords in Frankfurt make these decisions for us. And it's very depressing for a lot of people. Now, explain one thing in this, Connor, because it, the, the idea of what the ECB is doing is being that they wanted to wrap arms around inflation as fast as they could. So it wasn't just that the, the, the rates went up significantly. They went up very rapidly as well as significantly. Despite that, we're seeing inflation rising in a number of Eurozone countries, including Ireland. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's a real concern for the European Central Bank and its economists, because obviously there was a lot of factors that were very easy to identify that saw the spike in inflation in February and March and April of last year. And the, and the primary one was, of course, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And that saw energy prices absolutely rocketing. It saw the global commodity markets getting really jittery and prices climbing on those. It saw all sorts of other pressures driving prices up. Um, but what 
economists really fear is that once the once the aftershocks of that terrible terrible thing have had eased and and financial markets price that into their thinking um, what they don't want to see happening is for the inflationary pressures to become embedded in the economy in terms of higher wages higher food prices higher everything else prices and 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 there's a fear that that might be happening to a degree now it has to be reflect it has to be remembered that inflation was heading dangerously close close and in some instances had gone beyond 10 percent a year ago so now you're looking at closer to five five and a half percent less than five percent so it is it has come down but it it hasn't come down as fast as they would have hoped it would come down and that's what what they don't want is for these inflationary pressures to be a long-term feature of the euro economy because that then puts multiple pressures on all sorts of different strands of that economy and there are there are certain unexpected elements of that because a lot of the papers today reporting that energy prices in Ireland are going to come down significantly. Some of the big uh, energy suppliers reducing their likely bills into winter by a, a goodly chunk in percentage terms. How come that's the case? Because we were we were always told that what was one of the main drivers for the sudden raise in inflation was energy prices. Well, as you're, I'm glad you were reading the Irish Times today, Anton, because I had a very, very good article about Energia's decision to cut its prices by 20% as of the 3rd of October. And that is a big move. And it's a big move not because it's Energia doing it, or not even because it's the percentage, but it's because the way the Irish energy market is structured is almost every single other, in fact, every other energy provider in the, in the market is likely to follow suit in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, and now I contacted all of the providers last, last yesterday evening after the Energia price move. And they were all very tight-lipped, as you can imagine. They were saying, well, we'll, well, when we have an announcement to make, we let you know, buddy, so go away. And that's fair enough. That's kind of what I would have anticipated they would say. But it's not a surprise that it's happened because energy prices went up, went through the roof on global markets in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And they have come right back. In, in, in recent months, so that it would have been unsustainable for the Irish energy companies to maintain the high prices that they were charging us in November of 2022 today, because the prices they're paying for oil and gas are significantly less than they were in November 2022. So the 20% increase is, is significant, but it has to be borne in mind, uh, Anton, and I think a lot of your listeners will bear this very much in mind as they head into the winter. It's a 20% increase on a much higher price than it was. So let's say um, energy prices have doubled, which is kind of what they have done. So let's say energy prices for, to heat and light your home cost you a thousand euros in 2020. It now costs you 2,000 euros. A 20% decrease on 2,000 euros is six, well, it takes 400 euros off your bill. So you're still going to be paying 600 euros more than you were in 2020. So it's not like we need to get the bunting out and celebrate low-cost energy, because that's not what's happening. But what is happening is it's coming slowly back to a level that might be maintained in the longer run. But it's going to be higher than it was, and I don't think we can make any mistake, uh, or mistakes about that. If we're on the hunt for um, silver linings to our economic clouds, what of deposit rates? Because you get the sense that there is more and more political and media pressure coming on the banks to start to raise deposit rates for savers the way that they seem to be more willing to raise interest rates on mortgage holders. Well, this is an interesting point. And we, like, when you think that, that Irish people have around 150 billion euro on deposit, 
right? So that's a staggering amount of money. And an awful lot of people got into the saving habit during the pandemic when effectively a lot of people couldn't go out, they couldn't spend any money and they started saving. And then the, 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 the war happened in the East and they said, okay, people got really nervous. And when people are nervous, they like to put money aside for, for a rainy day. So there's a huge amount of cash on deposit. And Irish banks have been complete laggards when it has come to passing on the interest rate hikes that the European Central Bank have imposed to deposit accounts. So, for instance, an Irish bank can take your, well, you're a wealthy man, Anton, so it can take your million euros. <laughs> I was going to say thousands, but let's ramp up the stakes here. It'll take oh, your million I like million this euros. hypothesis, Connor. Keep going. You're, you're staying in Dromola. You probably live. Yeah, anyway, so they, they take your million euros, right? And they say, thank you very much, Anton. We're going to give you 2% interest on your million euro. And aren't we brilliant? Because yet last week we were only giving you 1%. So then they take your million euros and they put it on deposit in a bank in Europe or what they put it on deposit with the European Central Bank and they get a deposit rate of 3.75%. So without doing anything at all, except taking your money and moving it from one place to another place, which they're doing on a computer, they're making a huge amount of cash. So that's, that's, that has to be borne in mind when we, when we hear about what the banks are doing. Now, we have seen some positive news in recent times. So a lot of the big banks and on post have announced that they are increasing their rates for deposit account holders. But a lot of that comes with caveats and you'll get the higher rate for the first 10,000 euros on deposit. And then after that, you'll get a lower rate or you'll get the higher rate if you have your money locked into your account for for a very you know for a year or you have to give them 30 days notice to get it out. So those higher interest rates do come with caveats and the reality is that the vast 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 majority of Irish people who have money in the bank have money in their current accounts or have money that they can access instantly. And it's those accounts that are getting zero or 0.5 or 0.75% rates of return on their on their on their money. And that that sounds bad. That let's face it. Even like you know, I I didn't do very well in my economics exam in my leaving search, but I can tell that that's not great. But what makes it even doubly bad is the fact that we're living through this inflationary period that we've talked about, where rates prices are going up by five, seven, eight percent, and and that means that for every hundred euros that you have on deposit now, it's going to be worth eight euros less this time next year. And on top of that, you're not getting any money or not getting very much by way of interest. So it's, it's, a, it's an example of how the people with the big money are making more money and the people like you and I who you know, have modest or, or less than modest amounts of money are the ones who will ultimately end up getting screwed, as it has been everywhere for forever, really. Can we go back to one of the numbers that you quoted earlier on, Connor? Because you talked about 150 billion euro on deposits. And I think, maybe I have this number wrong, but I think I read recently that the average um, domestic savings in Ireland is in the region of 60,000 euro. Now, when you read the analysis of the economic conditions that people are in and the kind of struggles that they have meeting bigger mortgages and all the rest of it, you very rarely hear mention of the people who have these tens of thousands in their account who are they? I wish it was me. <laughs> I, to be honest, it's uh, there's a lot of people out there with, with, with money on uh, saving. Uh, there's a lot of people out there with money on deposit. But the problem is, Anton, that the divide between the people who have money and the people who have no money is getting bigger. And the people who have no money are really, really, really struggling. And I think the focus is rightly on 
that cohort of people because there's a lot of them and they're really struggling. And even the people who have money on deposit, a lot of them have money on deposit because it might be that they inherited money from a deceased parent or that they inherited money from a, a, a husband or a wife who's passed away. Or, it, or it, you know, there's lots of or ways that people savings. can... Or indeed it's their life savings. So it's not like the person who has €50,000 on deposit is absolutely loaded on a day-to-day basis because they might have that money on deposit and they might be using that to cover the cost of their children's education or to cover the cost of their retirement or to cover the cost of their nursing home or whatever it might be. And that is a safety net that you couldn't begrudge them. But that does not mean that those people are, 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 are feeling no pain when it comes to the everyday cost of living crisis because we've talked about energy, we've talked about banks. Yeah, you know, the, the, the supermarket prices are another area where things are just crippling people and we talk about inflation easing in supermarkets and again all of the retailers make a big play about oh, we're, we're, we're dropping the price of a litre of milk by 10 cent or the price of a, lo- a loaf of bread is falling by 5 cent or whatever it might be and that kind of story attracts headlines and I've written those stories myself so I know they do but the reality is that grocery prices are still according to the recent estimates from Cantar more than you know just under 13 the inflation is just under 13% and that means that people are worse off by a thousand euros on their weekly shop on the weekly shopping when it's spread out over the course of the year. So it's all of these things, and I mean to to use a very overused cliche about the death by a thousand costs. I mean that's what we're experiencing here. We're seeing all of these multiple price hikes over a period of eighteen months, and every now and then there's a price fall, and we all get really excited because maybe we're thinking this could be a sign that things are are over, but. Unfortunately, this is the kind of crisis that is likely to endure and we might just have to buckle down for the long haul. Although when we were when the prices were rising so precipitously, Connor, one of the things that we were told was that a driver for all price increases, including in groceries, was the crisis in energy because the cost of things like transport, the cost of refrigeration, all of that had a, a feed through from the underlying gas yeah. and electricity costs. If gas and electricity prices are now on the way down and have been clawed back, why are we not seeing that feeding through into the basket of goods, or are we? Well, I've actually put that very question to the retailers, and I thought it was interesting that when the responses came back, and they almost came back in a, in a uniform way, you know, it's not like they're chatting to each other, but like last year when I said, why are prices going up so high? They were saying, oh, well, higher income costs like energy and transportation and all these different things. And when I put it to them more recently, it was like, oh, higher wage costs. So, you know, the, you know and, and we still have infl- higher input costs when it comes to commodities or food prices. So it's not really just the retailers that you have to ask these questions of. It's also the, the big producers, the, the Nestle's and the Unilever's and all of those massive, big multinational, the Kerrygold's, all of these big companies, because they're the ones who are selling the product to the retailer and then the retailer is selling the product to us. The Competition and Consumer Protection Commission did a bit of analysis on this for Simon Coveney in May or June when there was a lot of heat on, on grocery prices. And the CCPC, you know, they do their homework and they came back and said, no, we don't see that there's any unfair pricing across the supermarket sector. Um, and they were saying, you know, their profit margins are being squeezed and they're under pressure and they're, 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 they're fighting for market share and they're doing whatever they can. Um, so then the question goes, well, where is all the money being made? And I, I think a lot of questions would, would have to be asked of those global corporations that are, 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 that are selling the food in this country and all over the world. Because, you know, they're doing well. The profit margins of a lot of these companies are going up. Now, they have all said in recent weeks, like, not they all, but like a lot, of, a lot of those big companies have said in recent weeks that, you know, they, they think we've reached, we've reached peak food inflation and prices might start to ease back. 
in, well, in, in, the, in the winter. Yeah. So we have to hope that is the case. We will keep fingers and toes crossed. Connor, thank you so much. Connor Pope, Consumer Affairs Correspondent, I should say Consumer Affairs Editor at the Irish Times. And if you want to read Connor's analysis of the drop in energy as prices and the potential drop across the energy sector, that is in, of course, today's uh, edition of the Irish Times. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.